Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Yannick Hanfman. I'm Ilya Marchenko. I'm Dennis Kudler. This is Sebastian Ofner. This is Andrea Wittler. I am Francisco Serundolo. And you're listening to the Game Zola Podcast. Hopefully you enjoy it. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> hey, welcome back, tennis fans. There is one day to go until Wimbledon commences. This is the final episode of our countdown to Wimbledon. We will be going through the same as usual, the contenders for this episode. We'll be going through the latest news. We'll be having our tennis shootout some surprise packages, and we already know what the rankings are, but there have been some other withdrawals that we will speak about. How are you doing, JG? Are you ready? Yes, I am ready, and Wimbledon, the Wimbledon countdown will always be the shortest of all of the slams because there's not so much space between Roland Garros and Wimbledon. Maybe we'll have to start as soon as Roland Garros is over next time to give us an extra episode if you are just joining Hit the like button, subscribe if you're new. This is the countdown. Hopefully, you enjoy. So back, Djokovic has won the Australian Open. 35 matches unbeaten. He's done it. He wins his 14th round of Gareth title. Djokovic has won his seventh Wimbledon title. There he is, the main man, seventh Wimbledon title, looking for number 24. We both think he can do it in the draw preview. We're not going to be talking about him as much on this episode as some of the previous countdown episodes, because today, who are our two contenders, Ben? Our two contenders are, and it's a surprise, we haven't even spoken about her yet on the countdown. It is Iga Sviantek, the world number one. Obviously, last year, her long winning run came to an end at Wimbledon at the hands of Elise Cornet. And we'll also be speaking about Daniel Medvedev, 
Obviously, he wasn't even there last year. So I feel that he's going to be really stoked to finally be there. I saw him uh, with his, uh, well, I saw him with his child there at Wimbledon. It was brought, obviously, by his wife. And they look really, really happy. I feel that since he's now become a father, he's got sort of a new lease of life. He looks like a more of a happy Medvedev on the tennis court these days and not so moany. So maybe that will help him uh, push towards a Wimbledon title. I don't know. I feel Medvedev needs the messy hair and a little moan just to get going sometimes. We've already had Djokovic and Alcaraz as contenders in episode one and two. On the women's, we had Sabalenka and Rabakina. Is it safe to say these these ones are like the third, which we don't really give much of a chance? I don't know about that. I mean, I feel that there's the big three on the women's. Obviously, we had to have Rebakina, the reigning champ first. Sabalenka has been further than Iga before. And Iga, probably, you'd say, yeah, third best on the women's when it comes to Wimbledon. But doesn't mean that can't change because she'll be looking to make the difference in this Wimbledon and hopefully go one better than Sabalenka has ever gone and uh, level with Rabakina to get her first ever Wimbledon title. She's a junior uh, champion. Let's not forget that. Right, let's get into contender number one. And here we go. It is a little flick there, but it is eager. That's right. And we'll have a look at her recent results first. As we know, she came straight off the French Open victory and she went onto the grass courts for a practice tournament, which we didn't see last year. Obviously, she played so much tennis last year, though, didn't she? She was in that lead up. I can sort of understand why she did have a break before going into Wimbledon. It didn't do any favours. This one, she won three matches. Uh, and then pulled out, didn't she? Due to, uh, did she say it was food poisoning? Was that the reasoning there? Well, it was a food poisoning, stomach bug. Um, the weird thing about this, and I want to get into it on this episode, is a lot of people weren't buying it. Initially, when I saw that she withdrew from bad humbug, my first reaction is, okay, she's saving herself for Wimbledon. And I'm 70% sure that is the case. You could never be 100% sure. The reason I'm not is because there's been so many quotes like this one afterwards where she keeps going, like, consolidating the fact that she's been really ill. Mm. Like, is she overcompensating? I don't know. There's been images of her around London in different cafes. And, I mean, would you really be going out and about all the time if you're not well? I don't know. I'll let you guys make your mind up. I'm 70% sure that she wasn't ill and she just pulled out, but... That's just a, a random number I've made up, and that's my assumption. Don't hate me. Uh, reading the quote, though, Ben. Yeah, sure. It is, I had a really bad night. We did measurements in the morning. They didn't look good because I barely slept. I had stomach ache, but I don't know if there was something wrong. Later in the day, I felt okay. I'm pretty sure it will be fine. I think she's pretty sure it's going to be fine because it doesn't exist. Hmm. Yeah, you could be right, and... We've seen it many times before where pe- people have just withdrawn in a semi-final. Just well, you before. need to provide a reason. That's what it is. But I just don't yeah. know how much she keeps going. Like, just give your reason, move on from it because we know it's not true. And then I can't be bothered to keep talking about it. What was the reason that Osaka used to give when she used to pull out and then win the, the slam afterwards? I mean, it didn't 
I feel that that's just something that some people do. It's precautionary just because they know they've got a massive two weeks ahead of them. Yeah, she probably felt she's got enough matches under her belt. She played very well against Tatiana Maria. I know it did go three sets, but one of them was a bagel. Yeah. And Maria's very good on the grass courts, as we know, went very far last year at Wimbledon. And the other yes. performances were all straight sets and pretty impressive. Talking about her as a contender at this year's Wimbledon, she has the best draw out of any player on the women's uh, section. She's the number one seed and her draw is so favourable. She really does have a good shot of winning this thing. The reason I don't have her winning is because I think I have her going out to, is it Vekic? Um, I believe so, I think it's yeah. I believe I it's do have Vekic. her going very far. I think so. I've got her going all, pretty far, but I feel Vekic may have a little bit too much for her. I'm not sure which round that was in. Maybe it was quarterfinals potentially. Or semis, uh, yeah. Yeah, something like that. But this is a, a route to the title. We put our video um, earlier on that one as well. Um, I sort of alluded to uh, the fact that I feel like Martic, I know I didn't really give her the respect she deserved in the draw preview, but after reviewing her last year's performance, she was actually pretty good there and she only lost to her back in her. So... I take it back. Martic, pretty good on the grass, and that's probably more of a test than it will be in the next, maybe even in the, the round of like the fourth round or the quarterfinals, if I'm perfectly honest. I feel that that's maybe a tougher match, which is crazy to say. The best thing for Iga was the, that she avoided Rabakina. I, yes. I honestly believe that Rabakina is the player who has the better of her on this surface. Most people would predict Rabakina to beat her. The only place she will be playing her would be in a final. And she's also avoided mm. Sapa with the seeding, helping her out. It's yeah, just such a great draw. Like any other event, you look at this and you think, it's impossible she doesn't make the final. Pagula, she beats with her eyes closed. Coco Goff, very similar. Garcia can turn it on. Did all right at the WTA finals, but not on a grass court. No. Benchich, Collins, I mean, they've not been in amazing form. It just looks so simple for Eager. And... We've been speaking about her as the third contender. She could be the number one contender purely because of the draw. I think that's how important the draw is on the women's. And she doesn't lose against random players too often. And when I say random, I mean outside the top 30. Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, totally. And I feel that on grass is such a difficult surface for, for players to master. And you can see, I went through on that route to the final how all of these players that she might play against have actually done on grass and not none of them really have done that great up until I'd even say the final like that. The only person was Martic who was getting to like the fourth round. Kasek Keen has been to a quarter final back in 2018, but that's about it. And then uh, Azarenka a semi-final twice, but that was like 11 years ago. So I don't know. There's been nothing really of note up until the people in the final. We obviously got Sabalenka would be a semi-finalist. Rebakina a champion. Jabur a finalist. And Kvitova a two-time champion. So <laughs> they're all on the other side. So she's had a great draw. Um, eager, it's up to you to win all those six matches to take you to that final. And then that's when I feel it will start to really, really get tough. But yeah, certainly. Uh, let's have a look at her last run last year. Obviously, she only played the three matches. Uh, Jana Fett there. And then she had that really crazy match against, what was it, Patanama Kakove, where it went to three sets. 
signs of the wobble uh, beginning and then, yeah, out in straight sets to Elise Cornet. That's maybe one important factor then. I know I'm saying she doesn't lose against anyone who's not really low-ranked, but at Wimbledon, it was just a terrible showing. She looked like she was going to go out in the round before against, uh, against that Patinama Karkov. I don't know much about her, but I thought she was going out then. Didn't play well. She really didn't look comfortable at all. So she's got to improve drastically this year. I think she, I think she will do, though, based off what we've seen in the previous event. Yeah, I think so, too. Right, shall we have a look at uh, the odds for the women's? Yep. Let's go through those. We've got Eager. She is the clear favourite now. In- incredible. And this is purely because of the draw. Like there I said, she was down there as second favourite tied with Sabah. Rebecca being the favourite. Um, but now Eager out there in the lead. I don't agree with it, but I can understand it. If you go down a little bit, you can see my champion, Donna Vekic. <laughs> She's quite high up, 20 to 1. Yeah. Uh, maybe they watched the, the podcast and they've sky bet of a... I'm telling you, stars. that's what's happened. People have been listening to my uh, predictions video and the money's coming in for Donna Vekic. I can understand why. And Madison Keys, there you go. Your other finalist, 30, 34s there as well, just in case you... And Miran Draver, 40 to... I mean, that's crazy. 40 yeah. to 1. I mean, she's a qualifier. I mean, that's just going a bit too big. Let's move over to our men, our, our males can, our male contender, our men's contender. I can't, can't no, even get my words. Men's contender makes sense. All right, okay. Men's contend, uh, men's. Oh my god, I can't get my words out. Come on, Ben, sort this out. Ben's contender, men's contender. It is Daniel Medvedev, and he didn't play Wimbledon last year, and his lead up to a Wimbledon this year, it's only been these two tournaments, and they haven't looked great for him, have they? But I feel that he has the type of game which could excel on grass. It seems he's got the big serve, he's got some hard-hitting shots, and he's got some good movement. I feel like it's just a matter of time. He's getting better on the clay. I feel the grass, surely he's going to get better on that as well. It makes sense. I feel he has the game to be a brilliant grass quarter. Um I'm just waiting for the day for it to happen. He's turned a corner, winning Rome this year on the clay. I feel his game's more suited to a grass court, which plays slightly more similar to a hard court, which he loves. Can he pull it all together? If he avoids Batista or good, why not? Yeah, exactly. I mean, Batista because Batista or good doesn't matter what <laughs> he plays on. He can play on it on Daniel Medvedev's own hard court in his own backyard, and I think Batista or good would go there all the way to Russia and beat him. Or probably doesn't live in Russia, does he? He lives in Monaco. But even <laughs> if he had a, a, a hard court designed for Daniel Medvedev, Batista Gut would go there and beat him. Straight sets. Nightmares about him. Probably just appears, doesn't he? It comes out of the, the dark, a dark alleyway or something. There's Batista Agut there. It's like a horror movie for Daniel Medvedev every time he sees him. Medvedev did get to the fourth round last time he did play it, though. And... Trying to remember who he went out to uh, in in the fourth round last time. Let me just have a quick check. It was Hercatch. That was it. It was a five yeah, setter that, yeah. against Hubi Hercatch. He actually had a five setter before that, where he went through against Marilyn Chilich. He yeah. knocked out Alcaraz in the second round and Struff actually in the first round. So quite a tough draw, to be yeah, fair, for really Medvedev. Tough, yeah. 
Yeah, Struff, Alcalaz, Chilich, and then Hercatch. Um, wow. I mean, and he did pretty well against those players. So that's what gives me the hope. I don't. I'm not looking too much into these results where he lost to Manorino and lost to Batista Agut. I feel that class is permanent, and Daniel rises to the occasion at big events. So I'll be expecting to see him like wipe the floor with a couple of players at least, and then get his uh, get his hand in at Wimbledon. Yeah, I don't think it's the worst draw in the world as well. And Daniel yeah, exactly. Medvedev. He has the ability when things are going well to beat anyone. So I, exactly. I I do have confidence in him. I think he could be a surprise factor. No one's talking about him at all. I'm not seeing anyone really yeah. suggest that Medvedev can win uh, Wimbledon. No one suggested he could win Rome and he did it. So certainly got the ability and I like him as a guy. So I, someone I would be supporting. This is a good tweet, and this is Medvedev speaking about Djokovic in his press conference today, saying even on his bad days, he manages to beat his opponents. That's actually very difficult, and I don't know how he's still doing it, and that's why, for me, he is the greatest in the history of tennis. So Daniel Medvedev coming out again, calling Djokovic the GOAT. He's been always heaping so much praise on Novak Djokovic. Every time he's played him and lost, he's been very gracious in defeat. He's got a lot of admiration for Novak and they've got a very good relationship, the two of them. He's not told any lies here uh, in the fact that Novak Djokovic statistically is one of the greatest of the players in tennis. Maybe he is the greatest right now as it stands. And Definitely on the grass courts. I don't think you can really take that away from him. Uh, Medvedev is no, he's no mug. He knows Djokovic is going to be the one to beat. Can he beat him on a grass court? I don't think he would be able to. I really don't. I think Medvedev's the man to beat him. Medvedev, the way he wins Wimbledon is if he avoids Djokovic. Yeah, I feel like it's high praise from somebody who is a very, very top class professional tennis player and. You would only get these type of comments if somebody knew how difficult it was to to maintain such a high level of of like wins to losses ratio, despite even not playing good tennis or even playing your best. I mean, when Medvedev has an off day, he loses. We know we've seen it, and it's sometimes painful to watch. It's ugly when, sometimes, yeah, exactly. But when Djokovic is off, he finds a way to win, and that's just the that's what like the heart of a champion, the greats. That's what they yeah. do. That's what separates the two. And lots of people recognize it. We know that it's in the same DNA that Rafa has. It's the same DNA that Roger had. There's not many that have that DNA. I don't know if the, like Daniel has that DNA, but he definitely has some fight in him. But it's he's just missing something, missing that magic. Well, he's missing playing on the grass. He's not really accustomed to that yet. Um I, but like, yeah. I keep saying it, it's going to come. I don't want to repeat myself too much, so let's yeah, move yeah. on. Okay, let's move to the odds for the men's. And there he is. He's down. He is the fourth favourite, but you see the lopsided odds here from first down to fourth. Well, it's 20 to one for fourth favourite. I mean, Djokovic 1.5 before a ball's been hit is absolutely crazy. It is reminiscent of a Rafael on the tower at Roland Garros. Looking at this, you'd think it's a two-horse race, and I think I agree. We've both yeah. got it as the final. It seems to be a two-horse race. I just feel the second horse, 
is a bit too young. Yeah. And I don't think it's got the stamina to go five or four sets against Novak Djokovic, who's in horse terms. I know we talk about horses a lot. <laughs> He's probably like a Stradivarius. Oh. <laughs> For those who don't know horses, is a very, very good racing horse. What, Carlos Alcalaz? Carlos Alcalaz is more of a... Um, Oh, you put me under it. Sorry. <laughs> it's probably a um I can't think of the name now. The name's you... gone. Is this like a more of like a sprint or like a a five furlong horse or it's something? a young horse, a young one which is in one of the first races of Cheltenham, which has only ever had one race before and it's oh, won okay. it. And then the second race it just struggles. Oh, I see. I feel that him being the second favourite, there's still no guarantees he's even going to get to the final with that hard draw as well. I would love to see him get there. It's such a gauntlet he's got to run to try and even get to Djokovic. And Djokovic is not guaranteed to be in the final, but I just we just look at the draw and you just think, how does he not get there? Yeah. If he plays his best tennis, then, or even if he plays 50%, I think he still gets there. But that's enough for our contenders on this episode. Let us know what you think about the odds for the men's and the women's in the comments section below. Do you think this is too lopsided on the men's or do you think this is completely fair? So, and let's move on to our next section, which will be the latest news. Is that right? That's right. This is my section where I come alive. (laughs) Let's press the button. So what I'm going to do for this section is go on Twitter like we always do. Nice. I'll type in Wimbledon and see what comes up. I'll fill up this water while you're doing that. Here we go. We're going to go latest. We'll go on some of the top news. First big news story. We put put the story out uh, not too long ago. Yeah. Look a bit better. It's pretty sad. The finalist last year, one of the guys who could beat a Djokovic, maybe wasn't able to do it in the final last year, but certainly has the game if everything's going right. Nick Kyrgios out of Wimbledon. What's your reaction? I mean, if it was the Nick Kyrgios that was playing and in great form, I'd be probably more disappointed. I still feel that he could have made a real good run in this tournament. I feel there's a lot of fragile players out there on the tour and he knows it. And he knows that he would have actually had a good chance had he had played. I think it's sad because he's a personality. We've lost one of the biggest personalities in men's tennis, really, from Wimbledon. There was all of the stuff last year. Him him and City Pass, we might have got that match up again at some point. Who knows? And that was one of the big matches of last year's tournament with all the controversy. We're never going to see that at uh, this year's tournament. And we're going to have to wait. And it is sad because... We did get to see him play last year live and we got to see him and all the arguments with the box. There was a lot of drama, but I feel like he turned the corner at last year's Wimbledon to being much more serious about tennis. And then after the US Open, he was devastated when he went out and he really made a plan to come back and actually play tennis really with his full intent in 2023. And I feel really bad for him that it's not gone as intended for him because mentally turned the corner and now physically his body hasn't allowed him to do it, which is just sod's law, isn't it? Yeah. 
next one, of course, it wouldn't be one of these sections without a Stan Wawrinka tweet. He just tweets a lot, I think. And he's saying, let's start Wimbledon. First match Monday, Wimbledon, London. Hard work, trust the process. Always the trust. same kind of <laughs> uh, hashtags from Stan. Neither of, us, neither of us have him winning against Rusevori. Change your mind. Did. Yeah, I, oh, you I had, had him winning? winning? Yeah, yeah, I have him winning. Uh, it's more for the vibe. I, Rusevori, I really think, is great. So I think it could be five sets, that one, though. Okay, next one is the sound of preparing the Wimbledon court. It's pretty cool. Just watching them prepare the court. Not really much news. Uh, here we go. What's this? Andy Murray and Djokovic on the practice court together. What did you make of that? I think it's great. I love to see these two. I mean, it's one of the people that Novak Djokovic has the utmost respect for and probably oh, one of the only oh. people. Sorry. Probably one of the only people that he would allow to come onto the practice courts with it, I'm sure, at Wimbledon, who could share a court and gain the same amount of respect from all the people watching. It's two legends, really. I mean, Murray, different level of legend, but in British tennis, definitely a legend. Oh, and yeah. He when, is a legend, man. When you come to, to the UK, that's that's the guy everyone's coming to see. I mean, Djokovic, they will be there to see, but Andy Murray, when he graces the courts of Wimbledon, he packs the rafters. Do you think Murray's going to be even better this year, considering he's won two challengers? He's coming in with some confidence. He's the only man to have ever beaten Djokovic at Wimbledon, and he's just been practising with Djokovic. He's getting to know his game early doors on court 17, <laughs> or whatever court it was. It was a random court number. It would have been pretty cool to watch it, but Andy yeah. Murray's sussing out Djokovic early. Is he preparing for the final, Ben? I feel with Murray, you've got to take one step at a time, but maybe you'd have learned, if he does get to meet him, maybe you'd have picked up a few little tidbits. Maybe he was just thinking, like, is he still playing the same as when I played him last time, 10 yeah, I'm years sure, I'm ago? I thought Djokovic was moving exactly the same as if it was a proper match. <laughs> it was from, Djokovic was probably moving the same as he was 10 years ago. That's the sad thing for Andy Murray. He's, right. Murray's there with his metal hip. Djokovic is there more bendy and flexible than he was 10 years ago. Yeah, it's pretty scary. This one is the number one and two seed, Alcanaz and Djokovic embracing on the courts of Wimbledon. We've got Kvitova nice. here saying... I'm here uh, in London preparing for Wimbledon, which is starting very, very soon. So be sure and follow Facecore on their social media to check all the scores and all the information you need to know. Thank you, and keep fingers crossed for me. Yeah, maybe there we, we go, look. Promoting, we're promoting flash scores here. She's doing a little thing with flash scores. Maybe we could just uh, dub over that and say, uh, make sure you follow Game Time. <laughs> 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 you could do it in the edit. Uh, we've got Petra Kiritova <laughs> as one of the players with one of the easiest draws, apparently. AI, mm. I think, have her as number two on the easy draws. So definitely wow. one to watch. And I'm going to leave it on that one for the latest news because that's enough tweets. And I'm really glad a Kiritova one come up because... We could be sleeping on her a little bit in our draw previews. Neither of yeah. us have her going really far and we could have missed oh. a trip because she could be a name we see in the final. The, more, the, more, the, the longer it goes, the more I'm thinking she could make the final. She's not been past round four for eight years, just in case you're wondering. Yeah, but it can happen. It can happen. Never say never. Tennis is a funny old game. That's for sure. Right. Time for the tennis shootout. 
Get your questions ready. This has got to be the greatest section of the tennis countdown. Ben's only got one right so far, and it was revolving alcohol. I know. Can he get today's one right? I don't know. It's a bit of an interesting question I've got for you today. Oh, no. Here we go. This one, uh, am I going first or am I going second? That's what I want to know. You seem a bit gagging to get the question out. That's why I'm a bit worried. Maybe I'll give you the question first then. How about that? We'll start you off. I've got anxiety already. I'm feeling it coming in. Okay, so the question for you on the final episode of the countdown towards Wimbledon. Are you ready? Right, yeah, but then I've got the uh, I've got the music ready, the thirty seconds. Do you want to press it or do I? You're press probably going to need all thirty seconds as well. Oh, so. No, not one of these ones. <laughs> <laughs> so, as you know, Wimbledon, there's a lot of history. You've got the all white. You've got the beautiful green lawns, the strawberries, and of course the famous. Wimbledon colours and trademarks. <sighs> Discussing the Wimbledon trademarks, I want to speak about the Wimbledon logo. <sighs> More specifically, it's very famous and iconic. My question to you is, though, Ben, hmm. how many characters is on the Wimbledon logo excluding spaces? Are we talking about like actual letters letters characters oh my god um i'm gonna have to guess because i don't think i'll be able to count them all in my head all at one time oh my god uh maybe like 22 i'm gonna go with i'm gonna go with this is a guess but i'm gonna go with 23 it's that's what I'm going to go with. I th- yeah, go on. I'll go with 23. That's a complete guess. I have, I'm not able to calculate the amount of... <laughs> so before before I reveal the answer, Ben, what is the text on the logo? Doesn't it say Wimbledon Championships? That's correct. So I just don't know how many letters in each word. That's How many letters in the I Wimbledon? Ge- I guess... <laughs> I guess that uh, oh is there the is it the Wimbledon or is it just Wimbledon Championships? Oh no, because I didn't I wasn't thinking the that's on there. Okay, well the answer is twenty five ah, characters. So you got very close. Just two out. Don't, don't. The logo you're you're very familiar with as well. I know. So I maybe, maybe you could... I was only counting them the other day. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Good one. It was a good. You got close. It was a. It was a pure guess, but just based upon the length of words. But unfortunately, failure for me again. Uh, I normally like these in multiple choice, but never mind. You could have given me a. I probably if you yeah, said the text is the championships and then Wimbledon at the bottom. Ah, that's why I thought it just said Wimbledon championships. I don't know why I had them the other way up. Anyway, there you go. That's what happens. Your brain gets fried when it gets put into that sort of situation. Like I just didn't have the thing just randomly up somewhere. So, <laughs> but I didn't. So anyway, 
On to my question. That's another one wrong for me. Let us know in the comments section if you managed to get that right within the time limit as well. This one, uh, I always like to give a little bit of... I'm surprised you used your hand. Sorry, like you could have just done this. No, That's because there wasn't... No, nah, but there's going to be too many... I, I don't you had like time. it. You was panicking no. too no, much. No, but I even got it wrong though because I didn't know the the was in there. So oh, okay. I would have got I'd been three out anyway. Even I said, "What's the text on the logo?" You'd have got it wrong. <laughs> I I thought Wimbledon Championships. That's what okay. I thought. Didn't no think was, I I missed the the. So that was as soon as you said the, I was like, "Oh, I'm definitely going to be." Well, my guess was right. I might have guessed completely. It's the championships in Wimbledon, but yeah, I know. Well, ruined. Anyway. Well, never mind. I like it anyway. Good question. This one, I'm not sure if you'll know the answer, but I will give you four, four potential answers. You'll get a, I'll give you an A, B, C, and a D. What century was it? Well, um, you're not going to need to know the century. I'm not, it's not going to be a year you're going to need to guess. It's just going to be a player that you're okay. going to have to guess. And it is going to be... Um, I'll give you, well, it's on the men's side. I'll tell you that much. There has been uh, only a one triple bagel in the history of Wimbledon. Who achieved it is the question. And I'll start after I've given you the four potential answers. So we've got A, Roger Federer, B, Stefan Edberg, uh, C, Rod Laver, or D, Ivan Lendl. <laughs> it's not Federer. It's either Lendl or Edberg. Who is the other one? Rod Laver. It's not Rod Laver. Any guess? It's probably going to be a guess. Well, I don't... I'm going to go even Lendl, final answer. Okay. Wait for the It's music. Edberg, isn't it? I can tell by your reaction. I think it's Edberg now. Can I change to Edberg? Oh, give me your final answer. Edberg. That's the right answer! <laughs> <laughs> there we go. And... <laughs> The answer was Stefan Edberg, and he did defeat Stefan Eriksson with a triple bagel in 1987. There you go. Yeah, I knew it was down to two. I knew it wasn't Roger Federer. I knew it wasn't Rod Laver. I do know my stats, my history. It's out of the two of them, and I wasn't entirely sure. When I said, the, I sort of could tell by your face that I was wrong, because <laughs> I know you too I'm, well. Maybe I have a better poker face. Yeah, your poker <laughs> face was terrible. I thought me reading them out, I read it out weird. Like, Stefan Ebber? <laughs> I thought I read it weird as well. No, I, I just know. had a feeling. The moment you said that, I was thinking of Stefan Ebber. But yeah, there we go. There we go Jay Genius strikes again. Another one up on the board. There you go. That one's a bit of a fun one. And a little bit of a history for people who are watching who weren't Question. aware of who got the only triple bagel. And who it was against and what year it was as well. So that's a so I learned something new as well. I wasn't aware of that before making this question. With certainty, I knew it wasn't Roger Federer because I've seen yeah. someone ask this question before, and I know it's not him. 
Yeah, for sure. That was the one I, I would have known it was wouldn't have been him. I've seen him. I knew he was gonna throw him in there to try and confuse me. Well, he's battered a few people at Wimbledon, we know that for facts, but no triple bagels. I mean, sad when someone has to lose via triple bagel at a grand slam, if I'm perfectly honest. You work all the all year round to get into grand slams and get all the points, and then you end up just uh sent packing without even a game to your name. But there you go. That's the end of the tennis shootout for Wimbledon. And yep. I think you won Wimbledon. Well done to you. Is nice. that two, was it 2-1? Or was it three? Did you get all of them right? Got them all right, yeah. I got them all, all right. of them right. <laughs> oh my God. And a Roland Garros. I've not got one wrong yet. I think you got one wrong at Roland Garros for sure. No, I got it right. Have a look back. I think there was anyway, one wrong. <laughs> let's move on to the next section. I think we're going to skip rankings update because... Yeah, There's not really I mean, much to talk about with the rankings now. So let's go straight into our surprise packages. Mm. So, like always, Ben, fill us in who we've got previously. Yes, indeed. I'm going to have to go back down the list. I know that it's an extensive list that keeps being added to. And I will update you. I have Andy Murray and Sebastian Corder on the men's. You have... Musetti and Dimonor. I have Svitolina and Ostapenko on the women's, and you have Mukova and Hadad Meyer on the women's. So I like it. Yeah, I really it's... do like it. The difference with this one is we now know the draw. So I'm going to be doing a pick based off the draw. And it's very simple who I'm going to be picking for the women's. Very simple. It's going to have to be Donna Vekic. Mm, yeah. I'm allowed her, right? She's yeah. pretty out there as a pick. I've got a win in Wimbledon, so she's going to be a surprise package for me as well. I think she's brilliant, and I think she's got a really good draw. That is a good one, yeah. Um, She does have a good draw as well. For me, it's I'm sort of drawn just towards the only other person who's been playing really well on grass, and it's your two finalists, so I'm going to take your other finalists, Whoa. which is going to be Madison Keys, And she's going to be my surprise package because she's just coming off the back of winning a tournament. And I'd be silly not to have her if you're not having her, really. So I've got her into my surprise package, and that's all our three gone. Now we need to go to our men's and complete our men's surprise packages for Wimbledon. Where do they have to be in terms of seed? What, is, what classifies as a surprise package? I think somebody was uh, having a go at you in the comments for your dark horse being number 20 when they're saying it has to be outside the top 20. But I, we'd said it's 20 and above. I would let you off. Oh. Exactly. So I think but what about said, a surprise package? Above, well, I think we said outside the top 10. So number I think, 10 I think it won't count. So what about TFO? He is number 10. So you're not going to let me have TFO? I don't know, but it's... It's, it's a bit of a pretty, surprise. Package. It's pretty high rank. <laughs> I don't know. I thought that you were going to want to go for him. I wanted him, but if you won't let me have him, I'll have Batista or Goop. Well, I mean, I thought you might go for someone like Jerry or someone like that. I'm going off the draws, man. I've got a Goot in the semis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's big. Um, for me, I there's part of me... I'm going to have to double down on one of the ones that I've said from the draw as well, which is Bublik. And he's been playing well. 
I'm just hoping the curse doesn't strike. Otherwise, my surprise package and my draw crumbling down. And with this bed, are we doing some kind of system like where we can record it? What for? Like how far they go? Like a little variance chart? I don't know how it's going to work. That's what I wanted to do with sort of with the uh, qualifiers to watch. So maybe we can set up something similar with the uh, surprise packages as well. The one thing I was going to suggest to you that we devise would be the first person that you pick would be like your number one. And if they're your number one, every round they go through, they get three points. And every and the second one, two, the third one, one. And the same with the, with the qualifiers as well. So then you total them That's all really up by good, the end. Yeah. And then we'll work out who got the most points. Another way of doing it would be this. Okay. <laughs> okay. No, that works. I like what you're saying. It's, it's good. But this rewards us picking more out there players, my idea. Mm. So we've got six. Yeah. So whoever's the lowest ranked player out of all of the, the six mm. players on the men's gets six points. Five points for the fifth, four, point, four points, three points, two points, one point. So if you've got one of the out there players who get some things, but it's the, one of the highest ranked, the lowest ranked, sorry, you get yeah. more points and you could get, you can win that way. Yeah, I like that you one as I well. Mean? Yeah, that's a good one. We did have something similar, don't we? <laughs> when we come to our end of year tally yeah. up for the prediction. So yeah, yeah. Oh, well, we'll devise which way round we're going to do that offline we won't do it here on the podcast and then we'll bring that one up i'll bring up some graphics maybe during the tournament to show how we're both getting on so that's going to be quite exciting and i'll try and keep this tally going through the countdown if you've got any other ideas that you would like any other games you'd like to play throughout these grand slams then please feel free to drop us an email or send us a message on twitter or in the comment section as well then we're happy to add things to the countdown if there are enough requests for it. But now let's go. Thank you, everyone, for joining us on the final episode of the Countdown to Wimbledon 2023. It is past midnight here in the UK now, which means happy Wimbledon Day because Wimbledon will be kicking off very soon. I can't wait. Is Novak Djokovic going to do it? Part of me doesn't want him to, but I think it's going to be very, very difficult to stop him. And I think it's going to be very difficult to stop Donna Vekic. Watch out for her. She's going all the way. Maybe. Just maybe. (laughs) (laughs) See you soon. Happy Wimbledon Day. Podcast Network. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.